Welcome back, everybody, to another Vince August podcast. We are up to episode 18, and this one is uh, another one that will follow some very unfortunate news in this nation. Um, As I am reporting on December 22nd, following the needless deaths of two New York City police officers this weekend, Um, I have seen all of the news stories I'm not all of them. I've seen the, the major news stories. I've seen the speeches. I've listened to the reactions and would like to weigh in on this thing um, from a perspective. And I'm always honest about where I'm coming from with my biases from a perspective as someone who has a nephew serving as a police officer. I'm not going to tell you where he serves, um, but he is most certainly in harm's way, Um, as many police officers are. Not all, but many are in harm's way. Um, I also come from a perspective as a former municipal court judge who had to decide cases in a criminal court, weighing facts, evidence, coming from a non-biased perspective, and finding defendants not guilty, Finding defendants guilty, finding police officers to have somehow not provided the facts and circumstances leading to convictions beyond reasonable doubt, and finding circumstances where people did commit crimes beyond the reasonable doubt. Before that, and since having to give up, since having to have, you know, the, the Supreme Court decision giving me an ultimatum to decide whether or not I wanted to remain a municipal court judge, or maintain my entertainment career, I have returned to the practice of criminal defense, uh, which I worked at for many years before becoming a judge, uh, nine years in total. So, you know, we're looking at 10 years criminal defense work with a six-year break as a judge. That's my background, and I put it out there every time so everyone knows where I am coming from. With regards to where we are right now in the reporting of the deaths of Officer Ramos and Officer Liu, it is clear to me, after watching the news for the last two days, that the truth does not matter in this country. The only thing that matters in this country in 2014 on the cusp of 2015 is opinions. We have reached a point in the United States where truth has little value. The only thing that matters in the United States today, I don't care if it's Fox, I don't care if it's CNN, I don't care if you're Democrat, I don't care if you're Republican, I don't care if you're a congressman, a senator, a governor, a a council person, The only thing that matters in this country is opinion. Facts have no relevance to anything. And this is why we are slowly becoming the dumbest country in the world. It is disgusting what I have been seeing in the news. This is not about social media. Let me tell you, right now... Social media, to me, is disgusting where it is. 
It is useless. It is counterproductive. I don't care about Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or anything else I'm seeing on those platforms. This is not about that. This is not about the everyday moron amongst the 350 million of the morons occupying this country right now that are taking to social media. Not calling everybody a moron. Those taking to social media and speaking their mind about this. That, that's a whole other level of mental degeneration I don't even care about. This is about what I'm seeing in the news media. I am going to point fingers at where the blame lies in the deaths of these two officers. The first place and most important place to point a finger is at the lunatic psycho that committed these murders. That is where the blood lies. This piece of garbage that became a blight on our society, he is the person responsible. He is the one with the blood on his hands. He committed the murder. And the reason why he committed the murder was because this was an individual we lost as a society a long time ago. First, he was lost in his own home. And it's clear, and I'm, I always quote my sources, so I'm going to quote this source. This is from the CNN website. It's reported Sunday, December 21st, 2014. The story is by Catherine Middle initial E, last name, it looks like Shoshette, S-H-O-I-C-H-E-T. The article is entitled, Gunman's Maryland Shooting Spurred Dire Warning to NYPD, Threats on Police. If you go halfway down the article, it talks about lengthy criminal history. Long before Saturday's shootings, Brinsley was no stranger to police. And I'm quoting the article, obviously. He had an extensive criminal record, including at least 19 arrests, a two-year prison term, and several stints in Georgia jails. Brinsley's mother told detectives she hadn't seen her son in a month. He, quote, had a very troubled childhood, was often violent, and had tried to commit suicide, she told them. It wasn't immediately clear how Brinsley got the gun he used to shoot his ex-girlfriend and two police officers before turning the weapon on himself. That's going to be a whole other story, by the way, how he got this gun. Because now we're going to get people into gun violence and, and gun control and this and that. This is going to be the diversion story behind this lunatic. A man bought the handgun at a Georgia pawn shop in 1996 when Brinsley was just nine. So the gun that committed the murder was purchased several years ago. Detectives are working with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms to find out where the gun could have fallen into his hands. 
In 2011 hearing in Cobb County, Georgia, Brinsley pleaded guilty to theft, property damage, possession of a firearm by a felon, and discharging a gun near a public street after he used a stolen 25 caliber semi-automatic handgun to fire into a gold Chevy Malibu. When asked by a judge at the hearing whether he had ever been a patient in a mental institution or under the care of a psychologist or psychiatrist, he answered yes, according to court documents. Okay, so where does the blood lie? First place, absolutely without a doubt, this piece of garbage that committed these murders. First place. Second place. We have an individual that has been in and out of the court system. Georgia, Maryland. Multiple stints in jail. Clearly in need of a psychiatrist or someone to get him right. It is very clear. It is very plain and simple. If our penal system... If our judicial penal system in this country cannot rehabilitate an individual such as this, who already unloaded a weapon into a a car on a previous occasion, then we have to look at our penal system and say, you know what? We're not equipped to rehabilitate an, an individual like this. We have to keep him behind bars, period, end of story. This guy is a threat to our society. The aggravating factors outweigh the mitigating factors. This guy is going to do this again. And he did. And now two more people are dead, and he's dead. Now, I am not going to turn around and make this individual a victim of society. I am not going to turn around and say that it's our fault completely. However, it is clear to me as a criminal defense attorney, former judge, we do not have the means or the capabilities to rehabilitate individuals in this country and get people out onto the streets after they've been in jail. This is why people continually go back and forth to jails. That's what we have become. We have become a back and forth to jail country. With regards to him being released, him violating probation, not being watched on probation, not getting psychiatric care, if this is a quote-unquote money issue, and we don't have the resources to spend on rehabilitating. We don't have the money. And listen, I, I again, I'm not saying that when you go to jail, you should have access to education. It shouldn't be an SAT test. Committing a crime and going to jail should not be the equivalent of taking an SAT and going somewhere to get an education. If it's penal, it's got to be penal. If, however, you're looking at individuals that you know what you're going to release back into society, we cannot release individuals back into society that are worse off than what they were when they went into the damn institution.
So that that is a failing of our system. Again, that is where the blood lies. If, if we're going to have people point at where the blood lies and where the blood droppings are and where the DNA lies, let's do this. I'm willing to have this conversation. There's another finger I'm pointing. Our penal system is not equipped to handle this. Therefore, what do we do? We got to look at our penal system and say, where are we spending the money? Where is the money being spent on the penal system in order to do what the function of a jail is to do? When you know someone is getting released back into society, are we spending it on guards? Are we spending it on something other than giving these people access or making sure that they are getting certain attention needed to help them assimilate when they get back out? And for everyone out there listening, saying, oh, so now Vince wants to invest money into making sure that we take care of prisoners. You're damn right I do. If you're going to put them back out on my street, absolutely, positively, 100%. Yes. Yes, you are not going to release someone like this out onto my street without at least taking every possible precaution against this happening again. You're damn right. So that's one of the issues that has to be addressed that no one's going to talk about here. The other issue, and I have brought this up time and time again in this country, and I, and I'm, I, I promise you I will do a podcast on this with regards to just the issue of in this country and dealing with mental illness. By all means, United States, by all means, Obamacare, by all means, every form of health care out there, private or whatever it is, American Medical Association, anyone affiliated with medical care in this country, by all means, continue to ignore the psychiatric needs of people in this country. Continue to just throw pills at this problem. So we continue to put mentally ill people on the street with access to firearms, like in Newton, like in this situation, so we have more needless murder, by all means. Once again, blood lies there. That's the second place, blood lies. Let's continue on this journey. This individual then comes up to New York, commits these unbelievable Disgusting murders. Now, when you have someone who is mentally infirm, when you have someone who is lost, according to his own mother, troubled, violent, obviously lacking any intellectual capacity, human compassion whatsoever, he is going to act in the same way we have seen the terrorist act. In a cowardice manner. Walking up to a vehicle of two police officers having lunch and unload in a car. 
This is the act of terrorism. This is an act of a coward. This is an act of a sick individual. I do not believe this is an act of someone who was watching the protests in New York, in Missouri, and made a logical deduction by seeing people sit with candles marching on the West Side Highway and said, the message here is to go kill cops. To point a finger at protesters is absolutely ridiculous in general. In general. Now, let's start getting into some of the protests I saw and some of the things in the news. Because there were protests. Make no mistake about it. Where protesters were screaming, shoot and kill police officers. The reason I know these protests were out there was because I saw them on Fox News and CNN. Now, to just put the blame on these protesters without also pointing a finger at Fox, CNN, and anyone, and especially Fox in this situation. Fox loves, loves to show this. Fox must have played that clip of people walking down the New York City street saying, shoot the police or whatever they were saying. And I'm not going to play it because that makes me as bad as Fox. The fact that you are putting that information out there, Fox, makes you as guilty as the people shouting it. Because you are giving them the platform. Because the only people that are going to see and hear protesters yell, shoot the police, are those within the earshot of the protesters. The second you, as a network... Take it upon yourself to make that national news. Now you have helped spread that voice. You are now the megaphone for those mental midgets. You are as guilty as the protesters. So Fox News, you want to point the finger at those protesters? I take that same finger and point it right back at you. If we're going to blame the protesters... And their violent messages, and I'm talking about protesters with violent messages. If we are going to point a finger at them, then every news media outlet that showed those protesters yelling those statements, you are as guilty and as bad as the protesters. In my mind, possibly worse, because a protester, again, is only as loud as their voice can travel. You then make it travel internationally. You are even more guilty. You become their megaphone. So for everyone pointing a finger at the protester, I point right back to the news media. We have to start talking about accountability with regards to information put out there. I open this podcast up with this statement. Truth doesn't matter in this country. Only opinions do. You want to start reform in this country? Here's where you need to start it. 
Freedom of the press in this country has gotten way out of control because news, and again, I've said this time and time again in these podcasts, news is no longer about conveying facts to the public. News is now about opinion. It's about somebody, a talking head, sitting on a news channel, giving their opinion and their own assessment of a situation. We now have to start holding, in my mind, news media outlets civilly, if not criminally responsible, for the dissemination of information. If anyone out there honestly believes that protesters are at fault, then you should also believe the news media is at fault. And I believe if anyone says this person acted out because of the protests, he's in Baltimore, Maryland. How the hell is he hearing what's going on in New York City if, not, if it's not put on the news? He's not. He's not. So you know what? Now, am I saying, hold on, let's go back because I, I, can, I can hear some of the reaction. So, Vince, we're not allowed to report on what's going on in New York City. We're not allowed to show these protests. We're not allowed to show that people are outraged. No, I am not saying that. Absolutely. But what you do is you show videos of the protest. You show that, listen, people have taken to the streets. What you don't do is voice the negative message and put it on a scroll. People calling for deaths of police officers. That's not necessary. Pictures say a thousand words. You don't need to spread the vile message going with it. Pick and choose. If you spread that message, then you are to be held accountable, period, end of story. With regards to the mayor of New York City, Mayor de Blasio, Mayor de Blasio is currently under a lot of heat. And the reason he's under a lot of heat is because he came out and said after the Eric Garner decision, I had to sit down with my son and explain to my son how the police do bad things. Now, with regards to that statement, shame on you, Mayor de Blasio, because for you to try to relate to the average black father in an inner city, watching the same news stories that you saw and say how you have to explain to your son of mixed heritage, half of which is black, how he has to have a distrust of the police is so political. It's so self-serving and such a bunch of crap. It's unbelievable. Who are you trying to kid that your son in Gracie Mansion under police protection is growing up and being brought up in the same manner as the average, and this is not just black and white, the average anybody in a tough, rough inner city is despicable. 
that you are trying to make that parallel. Who are you kidding? Come on. President Obama is raising two daughters in the White House. I think President Obama would be honest enough to say, hey, listen, my daughters will never know what it is to be raised as two young black women in the United States. Their childhood for the last six years, their life moving forward with secret service members surrounding them is something literally a handful of people will ever come to know. Literally a handful of people. I mean, there are people born to unbelievable wealth that will never understand what it is growing up in the White House. What it is growing up, the son and daughter of a politician constantly in the spotlight with police protection. So Mayor de Blasio's statement that I have to explain to my son what the police you know, are a danger when they're surrounding him on a 24-hour basis. If I was your son, Mayor de Blasio, I'd say, well, and dad, why are you constantly surrounding yourself with police protection everywhere you go? I thought we're supposed to be afraid of them. Why are cops standing guard outside our house? Aren't we supposed to be afraid of them? You unbelievable hypocrite politician talking out both sides of your mouth unbelievable disingenuous leader you are an absolute abomination to your office for saying just that statement that's my first issue with de blasio does that put blood on his hands in this situation absolutely not absolutely not that did not incite that statement did not incite this nut job from maryland to come up here and kill two cops let's get that out of the way with regards to his statement and how it affects morale in the nypd listen we've all worked For bosses we did not respect. Does that make you do your job any less effective? If it does, that makes you a bad worker. End of story. The NYPD still had to show up, punch a clock, and do their job. If morale is dropping because the city elected a moron who is nothing more than a mayor... He's not your chief of police. You're not taking orders from him. And listen, I've heard over the course of years how the military doesn't respect President Obama, the commander-in-chief. And this. Listen, you go out and do your job to the best of your ability because you know what? That is what you swore to do. That is your oath. Screw what the mayor thinks. If you don't get a vote of confidence from the mayor or he says, I got to explain to myself, oh, you know what? He's an ass. You go about doing your job, period. That doesn't put blood on his hands. I'll tell you what it does do. It shows me unbelievable poor leadership. Because as a mayor, much like I had to do as a judge, you have got to look at a situation and be impartial. 
You got to look at a situation and say, listen, I need to do my job and what's best for the public at large. This is not about me. This is not about me and my son and my situation. This is about every man. This is about every person out there. I cannot personalize this. I am not de Blasio the dad. I am Mayor de Blasio. And my responsibility is to the citizens of New York City, whether they voted for me or not. So his statement, asinine as it is, misguided as it is, does not put blood on his hands. What it shows me is you are at best a one-term mayor. You are at best someone who was elected to an office that you have no business being in based on your most recent statements. Now, You have the opportunity to fix this. Let's see how you do. Because ultimately, as a nation, ultimately as a people, we should not be judged on specific events that are tragedies such as this. We should be judged on how we react to these horrific events. So you know what, Mayor de Blasio, up until now, my grade on you is an F. But you know what, I'm not going to judge you on that because you're a politician. You're a hack politician who got suckered in to making a statement to try to get yourself reelected. Now it blew up in your face in a sort of way that is so tragic. Now I'm going to judge you on how you react to this situation. Let's see now what type of leader you are. Again, I won't put blood on the mayor's hands. If I'm going to put blood on the protesters' hands, I'm going to blame the media for that. I'm not going to blame the protesters. I'm going to blame the louder megaphone, which is the media. The blood here lies on a killer, our penal system, our failure in our penal system to deal with these individuals to prevent this type of thing from happening again. Now, can you prevent this type of thing from happening again? No, you can't. With the current state of our judicial penal system, this is going to happen over and over again. Why? There are bad people out there. That's it. This is what happens when bad people are in society. You have murder. You have rape. You have drug deals. You have all of these things that occur. This is part of our society. Considering the millions of people that live in this country, considering where things have been the last month, as awful as it is that we've lost Officer Ramos and Officer Lou. I think in general, our country has shown an unbelievable amount of restraint. Now, again, we are to be judged on how we move forward. If you are one of the people that is putting up posts about police brutality 
if you're one of the people that has been putting up videos of how cops are always doing something wrong, how cops are always tied to violent acts. If you're putting up those videos, let me explain to you something. You are now doing what Fox and CNN did. You are highlighting the incidents that are brought to the attention of the public to further incite people. You are no better than the media outlet I just chastised for doing what they did, for being the loud negative voice. It is out there. The information is out there. Everyone knows it. If you're one of the people that has spent the last four weeks showing how bad cops are, my question to you now that we have two dead cops, are you done? Are you done now? Or do you still have more videos to post? Are you done yet? You're good? Two cops are dead. Are you good? Are you satisfied? Hopefully you are. Because now you can knock that crap off. With regards to the people that are tweeting, hashtag shoot the police, hashtag they deserved it. My question to you, are you done? Are you happy now? Are you satisfied? Are you ready to move forward and pass this? Hopefully you are. Hopefully you're done. Hopefully we're all done with the negativity. There are millions of arrests across this country. You've highlighted the situations that have been brought to most people's attention. You've highlighted the situations that I have done multiple podcasts on saying the grand jury should have indicted the officer in Missouri. Would he have been found guilty at trial of murder or any type of reckless homicide? Most likely no. Read the grand jury minutes. Did that officer wake up that morning thinking, I want to shoot somebody. I want to shoot an unarmed black man today. With regards to the Eric Garner situation, should that officer and all of those officers on top of Eric Garner been indicted? I said yes. Should culpability have been found against those officers? Absolutely. Including the black female sergeant that watched the whole thing go down. That nobody wants to talk about. Absolutely. Did those officers wake up that day saying, I want to kill an unarmed black man? Now, ask yourself this question. I do not justify the actions of the officers in Staten Island. The situation in Missouri is completely different. If I'm a cop, you come after my gun, I don't have police training. I'll tell you this. You come in my house. You, co- you break into my house as a stranger. I can tell you right now, you're getting shot. You break into my house and threaten the safety of the people that live in this house. If I get to one of my guns in time, you're getting shot. That I wake up every morning thinking I'm going to shoot somebody breaking into my house? Absolutely not. But I will protect what's mine. That the individual in Maryland woke up that morning 
and was thinking, I'm going to kill two cops today. Two random cops. I ask you now to equate the situations. Can you put in the same context what one lunatic did in Maryland as compared to those two police situations? It's not even close. It's not even a discussion. That in my heart of hearts, I believe the officer in Staten Island who tackled Eric Garner to the ground did so with an intention to kill him. Absolutely not. I don't think for a minute that officer acted with malice aforethought. I am going to kill Eric Garner. I think he was reckless in his duties. And as such, should be punished. Whatever that punishment should be, should have been reviewed and brought to a grand jury. And he should have been indicted. And he was not. That is a failure of our system. The same failure in our system I talked about in a different way, in a different context, for different reasons in Baltimore and in Georgia. We have problems, people, and it affects both sides. That's the point. The system has problems. It's still a pretty good system. But as you can see, it has problems on both sides. Both sides have now suffered deaths at the hand of the system that obviously needs repairing. And by the way, for people pointing fingers at Al Sharpton, and listen, let's get the Al Sharpton thing out of the way right now. Al Sharpton, to me, is as relevant to our news and our media as Kim Kardashian is to Hollywood. Al Sharpton is to the news what the Kardashians are to Hollywood. Nothing more than attention-seeking individuals seeking to profit for their own narcissistic, sociopathic, selfish desires. I put Sharpton in the same place as the Kardashians. You are useless to me. You offer me nothing. You are a joke. You are an attempt to be relevant. And the only means to do that is to be loud and as outrageous as possible. And in turn, all you show me is how stupid you are. With regards to Al Sharpton, going on national television and playing three voicemails of his life being threatened as a result of the shooting of these officers... That, to me, is the person who on 9-11 says, Oh my God, I was just in the World Trade Center two days ago. That could have been me. Or the person who lives across the river. Oh my God, two planes crashed into the World Trade Center. It's right across the river. Oh my God, I'm so traumatized. First of all, Al Sharpton, how the hell do people get your cell phone? And if someone did get your cell phone and they called in, there is a means in which you can determine 
who contacted you with all of the information that we have. You should not have been putting that on national television. You should have been putting that to your phone carrier. You should have been putting that to the police. The fact that you were so self-serving, stupid, and selfish as to put that on television. I mean, who do you honestly believe was watching that thinking, oh my God, we got to protect Al. Do you honestly not believe people were watching that thinking, you, this guy's got to be kidding me right now. There's two dead cops and he's talking to us about prank phone calls? You're going to try to equate two dead cops to prank phone calls? People, that's how relevant and stupid Al Sharpton is. He is the Kardashians. Ignore him. Ignore him and he will go away. However, we're going to point fingers to me. The relevance of the Kardashians is directly tied to Ryan Seacrest. And I don't even know what channel they're on because I don't give them a moment's thought. Whatever magazine putting them on the covers to sell and make money for greed purposes, I hold you accountable To the news media outlet that put Al Sharpton on so he could play those phone messages. I hold you accountable for the breakdown in race relations because all you sought to do by giving Al Sharpton a platform to do what he did is incite racist white people to start screaming at their TV. Look at this N word. I hope you're happy news media outlet. And again, we need press reform in this country. We need press reform because, in my opinion, we should have someone sitting down and saying, you know what, this news channel, all they did, their only purpose by putting Al Sharpton today was to try to incite people. And you know what, we're going to find you. We're going to find you. Because, again, in this country, remember how I started this, truth doesn't matter. Opinion does. Only opinion Now, for the racist white people that saw the rest of that press conference and are screaming, look at Al Sharpton, two cops are dead, and what does he do? He brings Eric Garner's wife and mother on TV to show them as victims. No, idiots. That's not why he did that. Watch the rest of the piece. Watch the rest of the press conference. What the Garners were saying, what the family of the Garners were saying is stop this. This is not who we are. This is not what Eric was. Eric was not a violent man. Please don't disrespect his memory with violence. So people watching that press conference that can't get yourselves past the Al Sharpton nonsense, that can't get yourself past that that unbelievable narcissistic nut job seeking to only benefit himself, Be able to shut out that noise long enough to see what the point was, which he did in a really bad way because he's a idiot. Man, I'm censoring myself like crazy today. The message was, this is not what we want. Stop the violence. Stop it. Because you know what? Right now what we have, we have four dead people. Four dead people. Garner, Mike Brown, 
Officer Ramos, Officer Lou. Are we done? Are we done yet with the anger and the hatred? Because here's what someone says about violence. And I quote, violence never brings permanent peace. It solves no social problem. It merely creates new and more complicated ones. Violence is impractical because it is a descending spiral ending in destruction for all. It is immoral because it seeks to humiliate the opponent rather than win his understanding. It seeks to annihilate rather than convert. Violence is immoral because it thrives on hatred rather than love. It destroys community and makes brotherhood impossible. It leaves society in monologue rather than dialogue. Violence ends up defeating itself. It creates bitterness in the survivors and brutality in the destroyers. Those are the words of Martin Luther King Jr. Those are the words I leave you with. Because if someone says it better than you, don't try to say it. People, it's time for peace. It's time for love. Rewind this. Listen to the words of Dr. King. It's enough. It's enough. We've all had enough. Everyone... Hopefully we don't have to do this anymore. Hopefully we're done. I pray for peace for everybody out there right now and the memories of the officers and everyone else involved. Thank you for listening. Vince August.